0: And good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Gordy Zambrano, your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network South and Central Texas listening area. You can hear this program every Monday at noon right here on your local GRN station, online at grnonline.com, or on the free Guadalupe Radio Network app. We're also streaming this program live on Facebook. If you're a part of our GRN South and Central Texas Facebook group, be sure to join us there. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls, Fredericksburg, Kerrville, Uvalde, and right here in good old San Antonio. We're grateful you've decided to spend this hour joining us and getting caught up on all things Catholic in South and Central Texas. On this program, we try to bring you a variety of informative discussions highlighting different people, ministries, and events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. On today's program, we'll be talking with Sister Bernadette Mota. And sister Sydney Moss, I'm so excited about this one. I'm sorry, but uh, they are for, they are the Salesian Sisters of Saint John Bosco, located here in San Antonio. I can't wait. We've got the whole hour dedicated to them, and we've got so much to discuss. I can't wait to get to uh, those discussions. So, but before we do uh, or begin our conversations with uh, both sisters here, let's get today's program. Uh, the way we should do all things, and that's in prayer. And remember, as we pray, ask the Lord to make his will known to you and for the grace to accomplish his will in loving obedience. So, uh, Sister Sydney, would you lead us in prayer?
1: Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of this day and for all the blessings you give us. We thank you for the opportunity to be here today on Guadalupe Radio. We ask that you would pour out an abundance of your blessings upon all those who are listening. And we ask in a special way that you would bless all young people, especially those who feel farthest from you, that there would be loving people who would be able to lead them and accompany them to you. And we entrust this time together to our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, no. now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, help of Christians, pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Thank you, Sister Sydney. And so before we begin our conversation, I want to wrap up everything that happened last week and what's coming up, uh, both uh, out there and here at the Guadalupe Radio Network. So first of all, I want to thank um, Our Lady of the Atonement on Saturday morning, last Saturday morning. Father Lewis, Father Jenkins, and Erica, what a great job y'all did in coordinating the uh, Dr. Scott Hahn and John Bergsma talk uh, talks over at Our Lady of the Atonement. We had our Guadalupe Radio table. Gave away lots of uh, prayer cards and bumper stickers, and uh, asked people to you know pass those out and put those bumper stickers on your car. Uh, you you never know when you're going to convince somebody to tune into Catholic Radio and it changes their life. So I've heard that many times. But again, Father Lewis, Father Jenkins, and Erica, thank you for including the Guadalupe Radio Network, and we're going to be promoting their Christmas uh, event that's coming up as well. So you'll hear more about that. Secondly, I want to, as I did last week, is uh, a call to prayer. Uh, for our priests, our deacons, our seminarians, and our sisters of the church. I want to pray especially for our three bishops, His Excellency Archbishop Gustavo Sier, Bishop Gary and Bishop Mike Boulette uh, And we want to dedicate, or I'm, we're asking here at the Guadalupe Radio Network, that a, an hour is dedicated a month for um, our vocations so that at your parish, you're praying and, and we've got the, the hands of many, which makes for a lighter load, but praying for our vocations and making sure that we are supporting our vocations as well. So I ask you to do that, especially the adorers out there, the adoration, uh, coordinators. If you can please coordinate an hour, uh, for our vocations, we'd really, truly appreciate that. And then coming up next week, this is, I can't believe this is here already, but the Guadalupe Radio Network, Christmas Charathon is going to be here next week. We're going to be on the radio from Tuesday, November 28th through Friday, December 1st. And we need your help and support of Catholic radio through the Guadalupe radio network. If you are able, please support us through our, you know, one through a one time or a monthly pledge or a matching gift of $1500 or more in support of one of the hours that we will have on the air it goes a long way and it takes a lot to to run catholic radio and we ask that you continue to support us and we thank our supporters that are out there who uh give their time t- uh, talents and treasures to the guadalupe radio network that is um uh to us it's it's gold and so we thank all of you out there and it's special this week because we've got thanksgiving this week and Many of you are going to be gathering together. Remember to start in prayer as you're gathered with your families. Um, one of the things in traditions, and I know many families do this because I've, I've heard it, I've seen it, but our families, both on the Marquez and Zambrano side, is we go around the table and we talk about what we're thankful for. And I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's such a blessing, you know, to hear what our family members are doing, what's going on in their life. And so I encourage that as you're uh, gathering for Thanksgiving to go around the table and uh, just tell everybody what you're thankful for, you know, what you need prayers for. That's another thing is uh, we all need prayers. And uh, this is a great time to ask your family to pray for you and uh, to pray for anything, any of your needs. So, now we start the, the program off, and uh, I'm going to go to Sister Bernadette first, and uh, I, I'm excited. Sister Bernadette, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, tell us about your formation, your calling. You know, how did, how did it all start for Sister Bernadette?
2: All right. Yes. So I was born and raised in Southern California. SoCal. Yes, I'm a SoCal girl. And it was not until, I would say, more of my college years where I began to realize that God was calling me to something that was not part of my plan. And so as a kid, I grew up going to Catholic education, elementary school, Catholic high school. And during those years, I never thought about religious life as an option in terms of vocation. And there's a few reasons why. I would say one is because it was never really spoken to us of, even though I was in a Catholic environment. And I would go to church every Sunday with the family but vocation of religious life was never something that was ever brought up, and I knew of some sisters that I knew from like our elementary school, and but it wasn't something that I even really considered because right. I did not see them as really approachable as as a younger person. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. and they weren't Salesian <laughs> sisters; they were good sisters. They were <laughs> yeah. good, but their charism wasn't as youth friendly, and so. I just never thought about it. And what really took a lot of my time as a as a young person was sports. I played sports in elementary school, high school, and I played basketball, ran oh. cross country and track, and that's what occupied a good amount of my time. Right. And those were good. I'm not saying they were they weren't good. They were good. But then a certain point came during my high school years where I was one day I was in my room and I thought to myself, I said, I don't know the last time I prayed. Like, just prayed myself. Because you would pray at school, you pray before a meal, but when was the last time that I actually just prayed, yeah, just me with the Lord, and I couldn't remember. And I was like, that's not good. I need to make some changes in my life because I was spending all these hours playing sports and studying and, and doing good things, but God wasn't really part of my priorities. That relationship. No, there, there wasn't a relationship much. Right. And so on, on my side, there wasn't. <laughs> and so I know the Lord yeah. had been inviting me to it, but I just wasn't paying attention. And again, I wasn't a bad kid. I just, right. just it wasn't a priority. And so now, fast forward a little bit. Now, when I am with young people, I, I make sure to tell them, your faith is, is a relationship with a living with the living Lord. It's not just right. something you study, not something to know in your head. He needs to be in your heart because otherwise it, you'll leave. Yeah. Right. Why, why would you want to stay for just knowledge? That, right. That's not, that's not the, the main focus. So yes, it was in college where I began to grow in that relationship with, with the Lord and through campus ministry, through young adult ministry, and also through friends of mine who were not Catholics, who uh. were Protestants who would ask me questions about the faith and they would encourage me to to really know the faith more. Right. And so they would ask me questions and I didn't know all the answers. So I would go back and get my catechism of the Catholic church out, and this is before Google. So <laughs> I would get that out to yeah. find out the answers and then I'd come back and share with them the parts <laughs> that I didn't know. Uh-huh. And they would have really good discussions with them. And so it was, it was great because they helped me to become a better Catholic. And I also would see in them a deeper relationship with Jesus in the way they would pray and the way they would just share openly about the faith. I was kind of more scared to do that. Uh-huh. I, I wouldn't publicly pray, you know, if you went to a restaurant or, and my friends who are Christian were very happy to pray at really? a restaurant. So I was like, oh, okay, I need to, I need to become more outwardly just okay with being a Catholic, with being Christian. Yeah. And so those friends helped me to do that. And they never once tried to get me a, a going away from the Catholic Church. They only helped me to become a better Catholic. Right. So I really appreciated them. And so going into my junior year in college, I went to a World Youth Day. John Paul II was a Pope at the time. Uh-huh. And that was a real life-changing experience for me because I saw the church from a much bigger perspective. And I saw that there were also young sisters out there. I never knew they existed. <laughs> and, and the church was so vibrant and so alive yeah. from all parts of the world. <laughs> Where it just made me begin to think and say, okay, there's so much more out there than I know that I want to be part of this bigger picture. Lord, what do you want from me? And I had a very profound experience in adoration where I knew at that time Jesus was calling me. Wow. But I was very afraid and I didn't want to be a sister. And that's pretty much what I told (laughs) God. I said, God, you can have all of me. Just don't ask me to be a sister. And so that was my prayer. <laughs> yes.
0: Wow. Yeah. So,
2: fast forward again a few years later, I decided to, to go do a year of missionary work. Mm-hmm. And that led me to the Salesian Lay Missions program through our Salesian priests and brothers. And that program just was wonderful. But wow. it really, I did not know what I was signing up for when I signed up. So, I ended up signing myself up to live in a convent for a year which is not what I intended to do. I oh. thought I was going to work alongside other volunteers who were working with the priest and brothers. Right. And then I ended up being in a convent with a bunch of sisters. And so wow. that's, that was another kind of like signal that where God was saying, this is where I want you uh-huh. wake up and pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> and so at that point, after living with the sisters for a year and experienced the prayer life, the community life, the mission with them, I knew that's where he wanted me, but I was still hesitant yeah. So it took a little a few more kicks in the rear end before I could uh-huh. really say okay lord I'm all yours. And once I said that then there was a lot of peace and there was wow. a lot of joy. And so I entered into into formation in 2005. Mm-hmm. So yes coming up pretty soon I'll be celebrating my quinceanera. Wow. As a sister? Yes, nice. but we don't celebrate that officially. Right. We we have to wait till her 25 years professed right. for a jubilee celebration. But 15 years as a sister and coming up, yes, and four years of formation to become a sister. So I've been with the sisters now for almost 19 years. Wowzers. That's been a while. Awesome. (laughs) Goes by quickly.
0: Sister Bernadette, that is awesome to hear. And, you know, the Lord's calling, you heard it. And, you know, that uh, when you went to see Pope John uh, Paul, St. Pope John Paul, that was the fire that ignited you. Interesting. I love it. Now, Sister Sydney, I'd love to hear your story as well.
1: So we actually have very similar vocation stories, uh-huh. except I grew up in Arizona, and I went to Catholic grade school, first or eighth grade, public high school, huge secular university, uh-huh. Arizona State University, go Sun Devils. There you go. Uh, but in high school, I got very involved with our youth group. Uh, we had a life teen at our parish, and it was just kind of like the heyday of life teen during those years, and I finally started learning about my faith. And just fell in love with it. Had an amazing youth minister who taught us not just about doctrine, but about scripture. Um, He took us on mission trips, uh, everything, holistic formation. And it was there that I finally just like fell in love with my faith and actually came to know Jesus as a person. So in college, I went for a year to the Newman Center, but I missed being involved with the youth group. So I went back to my parish and helped out with the youth group there throughout college but i had a very normal college experience and and definitely just kind of had a you know some experiences of of maybe living a little bit of a double-sided life for for a few years there but <laughs> jesus yeah. had a hand on me so it all worked out after college i had always wanted to go out of the country to be a missionary. Um, But I didn't feel like it was the right time to leave the country. So I found a volunteer program that was in Washington, D.C. with the Capuchin Franciscans. So I went out there for a year, had an amazing experience, and found this great community of Catholic young adults in Uh D.C. And so after that volunteer year ended, I decided to stay because it was just such an amazing community there. And it was there that I had met sisters for the first time. Growing up in Arizona, I'd never met sisters and so meeting these sisters who were, like Sister Brennan said, like young, and they were missionary, and yeah. they played sports. And I'm like, wow, they're just like me. <laughs> I'm like, no, I do not want to be a sister. So, so I would go hang out with them on Friday nights. The first Friday of the month, they would have young women over to join them for evening prayer, supper, and recreation. Right. So I would always find another girlfriend to take with me. And I would say, hey, you should really come get to know these (laughs) sisters. They're great. You're recruiting for them. Yes, but I just wanted to be there. Uh, We'd be up to like 1130 (laughs) at night playing ping pong. And I'm like, this is so much fun. Um, So, But I was very scared. I did not want to be a sister. So for a few years, I just totally ran away from that idea. And I finally said, you know what? If I'm going to be happy, maybe I should at least look into this. So I started visiting some different congregations. But every time I would go... Everything inside of me was just like, get me out of here. I do not want to be here. Wow. So then I would tell God, all right, it's not for me. Let's go. Let's let's keep going. Next. Um, so yeah, so I would work for another year, and then I would go travel, and then work for a year, and then go travel. And yeah, that was kind of what I did after college for a few years. Um, but there was always that attraction. There was always this tug on my heart. Right. So finally, after a few years, I also did a missionary program, but with the Salesian sisters. Ah. So I had never met a Salesian sister in my life, I found the volunteer program on the internet, on the Catholic Volunteer Network, and I thought, well, this would be a great experience, because I knew volunteers lived in community with the sisters. I said, this would be a great experience to see what life is like from the inside of the community, but I am the volunteer, not a discerner, so I want to make that very clear. So I signed up and went to El Salvador for a year, but at the end of that year, I couldn't come home, because mostly, I wasn't ready. I didn't know what my vocation was. I'm like, I'm not going So I stayed for a second year in El Salvador, and it was about eight months in that I finally had peace and just said, this is what I want. I'm happy. So I came back, and at that point I was still saying, I'm not going to be a Salesian sister because they're too busy and they don't pray enough. (laughs) I don't want that. So I came Uh home, visited another community, Back to where I was before. No, I don't want this. Get me out of here. And so then I said, What the heck? I might as well go visit the Salesian sisters in California. That's where we have our house of formation in Los Angeles. So I took a bus out to LA for a week, and it was the first time ever that it just felt so normal being there. And I'm like, All right, so what would I do next? So I entered in 2010 and will be. Almost 11. So I I just turned 10 in August. I'll be 11 next year. So I'm four years younger than Sister Bernadette. (laughs)
0: Oh, okay, okay. Wow, what a story. Both of y'all. It's uh, incredible how, you know, what the Lord puts forth, you can't stop. Mm -hmm. And love, he entered your hearts through love. And there was, uh, I guess, pushback on both your parts to Mm -hmm. even become a sister Mm -hmm. of the church. But uh, thank God for us that uh, y'all both decided. Now, we talked a lot. You both mentioned the Salesian sisters Tell us about that, Sister Bernadette. What, what are the Salesian sisters about?
2: So our mission is geared towards young people, the salvation of souls, mm-hmm. especially for young people. And how our charism is very Eucharistic. We have a great focus on Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament and the person of Christ, the, especially the risen Christ, and also the incarnational Christ. But with that, you also have a great love for Mary. And our formal title is the Daughters of Mary, Help of Christians. Yes. And so we are her daughters, and we help bring people to Jesus, Mary's son. And so that's our focus right there. So the, the Blessed Sacrament, Jesus, Mary, and we're very much in communion with the church. So everything is with the church. We represent the church, and we, in a great way, pray for the church. And I love how you're saying how you're praying for vocations yes. to the priesthood to religious life, for our deacons, because we definitely need that. And so we're big supporters for the church, and we uphold the church, and, and we love the church.
0: Awesome. Well, like Richard and Sean, you know, we sit and we, we discuss a lot here at the studio, at the office, and he says, you know, if we're under attack, imagine how much they're under attack. And how many prayers that they need, and that's why you know we are dedicated to our vocations and, and praying for them. So um, that's beautiful. Now, in, in terms of the provincial house, tell us a little bit about because my sisters and my my wife, you know, they're all they were asking me like, ask them what it's like to be, and what do they do every day? I'm like. Well, they pray and they do a lot of stuff. I mean, it just depends. It depends on on what your, I guess, vocation is, right, within the church? Sydney, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so it's funny because people, I think, typically think all sisters do all day is pray. Yeah. And we wish that's what we did all day. (laughs) Uh, So we are a very active community. Right. Uh, So we have sisters who are teaching in schools, sisters who are DREs and parishes, sisters who are youth ministers. We run summer camps. We don't really have too much... Downtime. We are very, right. very full schedules. So the two of us live here in San Antonio at our provincial house, which is what we consider kind of our headquarters for the western half of the United States. We have two provinces in the United States. The Mississippi River divides us. So we have about 12 communities in the eastern half of the U.S. and 12 communities in the western half of the U.S. And so the western half, our home is San Antonio. So that's where our provincial lives. She's mm-hmm. a sister who is like the mother superior of all of the sisters in the Western half of the United States. And then she has her provincial economist, provincial treasurer, the ones who work closely with her. And then a few of us who are ministries are based out of there. So I'm currently our vocation director. So I get to accompany young women who are discerning with us and also coordinate that volunteer program that I did that with the sisters. <laughs> yeah. So Vida's Volunteers International for Development, Education, and Solidarity, mm-hmm. Vida's we send young adults on mission from two months up to a year, and they can pretty much go to any country where we have our Salesian sisters and priests, which is over 100 countries throughout the world. Wow. And they're able to live there and and work on whatever mission that our sisters and priests have. They have room and board provided, health insurance provided. It's a pretty good setup. Yeah. So if anyone's interested in volunteering, you don't have to be a young adult. You can be even a little bit older, as long as you're in good health and you like young people, because that's our mission. So our Vita's office is here. Vocations office is here. Sister Bernadette is in charge of our development office. So she's the one doing all the fundraising and grant writing and planning different events. So that office is based here at our provincial house. And it's also our home for our elderly sisters. So we have about 20 some sisters who are, we don't retire. We never retire. Um, Their main mission now is to pray. So we call that our powerhouse of prayer. And so these sisters are way holier than either of us. (laughs) <laughs> maybe then we'll ever be. I don't know. Maybe when we're their age, we'll become holier. Yeah. And some of these sisters, no joke, they pray 15 rosaries a day. Wow. So Yes. they. You ask for prayers, they will definitely pray for that. And just the right. whole day, they are mostly spending in prayer. Um, whereas the younger ones, we still have a few sisters who are going to school. Um, one who's going to school full-time to finish her music education degree at Our Lady of the Lake. Another who's... Part time, getting her master's in theology through the Augustine Institute and teaching part time. Right. So, and it's our house of formation for our first year candidates. So, when the young women enter with us, that's where they start here in San Antonio at our provincial house. Um, so, there's a lot of different things that happen at our provincial house, um, but everyone <laughs> is welcome. The right. chapel, we have a big, beautiful chapel. So, if anyone ever wanted to come by and just pray, come between the hours of 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. And there's usually always a sister at the door to greet you and show you to where the chapel is. And you can just spend some time with the Lord.
0: And I've been to the uh, Provincial House over on Buena Vista Street. Yes, that's Wow, what a nice facility. We are
1: very blessed. When people come visit, we always need to tell them this is not a normal convent. We don't yeah. live in a house like this anywhere else except here because this is home. This is yeah. home-based. Like, we all get together about once a year. All of our sisters come, and we all gather there for Thanksgiving. All of our sisters in Texas and the community in New Orleans, they'll come in, and we all have Thanksgiving there. So it's home for all of us. So right. it's a big house, and yeah. in other communities like in Laredo, Our sisters live in two double-wide trailers, um, RVs. No, what do you call them? Trailer, mobile home. That's what they're called. Uh, Two double-wide mobile homes. We're working on renovating the convent um, but for 15 years, we've been living in mobile homes in Laredo, wow. you and it's great. Step
0: it up for Laredo,
1: no, but it's really great because it's really easy to clean. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Uh, well, Sister Bernadette, we, uh, uh, you know, I went to the provincial house and I got to see firsthand, you know, where y'all live, and it's so beautiful there. But tell us about uh, St. John Bosco. It's right across the street. Y'all just had the turkey bingo. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what the Salesian Sisters do with St. John Bosco.
2: So St. John Bosco School is one of our schools that we have in our province that is owned and operated by the sisters. There we have a learning center. So young babies as early as I think it's <clears throat> six, weeks. six weeks can oh, be there. Wow. And so six weeks through five-year-olds can be at our learning center. And then we have our elementary school, which is first to eighth grade. Right. And so three, it starts with K3, K3, K-3 through eighth them. grade. Uh-huh. Yes. So, so yes, we can have from they could be there for a long time before they actually (laughs) finish the school if they start as a baby and our school has been there for since the 1950s i believe yeah in san antonio we have and we've been here in san antonio even longer than that but that school has been there since the 50s and again it's it's a area where there's a little bit more of a impoverished area so we're really trying to to raise funds so we can enable young people who live in that area to Mm -hmm. be able to to receive a catholic education because it is it's expensive to run a catholic yeah, school and yeah. and especially for those who do not have means to be able to go to school so especially those kids in that area who, so
0: you have sisters that actually teach, teach there yes
2: we have sisters who teach there so i think we have 10 sisters who live in that community mm-hmm. and one is the principal and then some others are teachers of various subjects and others help with assistance so it's, it's beautiful to have your kids in a location where they're going to see sisters yeah, and they're going to yeah. be in that presence of the sisters. Yeah. And that is one of our Salesian owned and operated schools. And it's right here in San Antonio.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I, I went to Catholic school as well. Holy Rosary down the street, mm. right by St. Mary's, actually on the St. Mary's campus. Yes, And uh, I grew up with sisters all my, all my uh, you know, childhood and learned a lot, so much from the sisters that brought us up, that taught us you know, our principal, I mean, it was beautiful to be raised that way. So, uh, but in terms of, I know you just, uh, sister Sydney, you just emceed, the, um, what was it, the Eucharistic Revival over at St. Mary's?
1: The Eucharistic Congress for the Archdiocese. Yeah. yeah,
0: Tell me what that was like.
1: Yeah, no, it's so beautiful. It was, that, it was the first time we've been together since COVID because last year yeah. they had the smaller gatherings and mm-hmm. the different deaneries. So this is that first time to all get to come back together as an archdiocese. And it was just so beautiful. And to meet people from all over the archdiocese, to be there with our three bishops, to have yeah. Cardinal Tobin, who was there. And that was that was awesome you know as he came off the stage i'm like oh thank you so much cardinal i wanted to tell him how what an amazing talk he had given Uh and he just starts talking you know we have your sisters in my diocese and they're so wonderful and i love them he just goes off about our sisters in new jersey i'm like oh yeah that's great (laughs) i'm like oh what a beautiful soul and we got to touch base with him afterwards too so it was just a great celebration i mean the energy and praying together it was really beautiful
0: Wow, that is so cool. And uh, I know we're coming up on a break, but we've got an an announcement that we're going to make for the Mm. Salesian sisters. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear that announcement. So hang tight. We're going to be back with Sister Bernadette and Sister Sydney in just a few uh, after this break. All right, hang tight, everybody. This is Gordy Zambrano, General Manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network. The 2023 Christmas Marathon is just around the corner. The theme for this marathon is Joy to the World, starting Tuesday, November 28th through Friday, December 1st. We'll be on the air asking for your financial support to help keep the Guadalupe Radio Network on the air. Please prayerfully consider calling in at that time to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge of support. Thank you for your generosity and may the Lord abundantly bless you.
3: This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. If you're looking for a gift to give your spouse that's not fattening or expensive, listen in. This is one of the most precious things you have, but you can give it to them every day. Do you know what it is? your time. Do you have time
4: every day where you and your spouse check in and connect together? If you don't start brainstorming right now about when you could fit it in. Maybe when you both arrive home, you could take a few minutes to step in private just to ask how our day was. Maybe it's getting a few minutes earlier in the morning to make coffee together. It doesn't need to be long, but it does need to happen every day. If you and your spouse are ships passing in the night during a busy season of life, take at least five minutes alone to hug, talk, check in and connect.
3: A successful marriage is made up of little things like this. Commit to having a daily connection with your spouse. It may turn out to be the most important gift you've ever given. To find out more about connecting with your spouse, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org.
5: The Salesian sisters look forward to the Christmas boutique at the Provincial House every year. All are welcome to their Christmas boutique on Saturday, December 9th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. They will have handmade crafts, knitted items, jewelry, jewelry, baked goods, ornaments, and much more. Come and greet our dear sisters who welcome you with open arms. For more information, call 210-431-4999 or visit SalesianSistersWest.org forward slash Christmas Boutique.
0: And we are back. What a great uh, segue into this uh, next half hour about the Christmas boutique, which we're going to talk about here with Sister uh, Bernadette and Sister Sydney. But uh, I'm sorry. We're going to be talking about that. So you're listening to the Guadalupe Radio Networks in his vineyard. I'm your host, Gordy Zambrano. Thank you for to everyone who is listening. And just a reminder. Uh, you can join our Facebook group page at GRN South and Central Texas. And a reminder, if you have an event that we can help build awareness about here at the Guadalupe Radio Network, please reach out to me. Uh, you can also join me on the show if uh, you'd like to talk about uh, your company or or your service. Um, and that's what we're here for. So we're having a great conversation this whole hour dedicated to the Salesian sisters. Sister Bernadette, Sister Sydney are here. And I want to talk about the Christmas boutique, which our listeners just heard about. Tell us about that, Sister Bernadette. Yes.
2: Yeah, so, at our provincial house on December the 9th, we will have a day for you to come and purchase ver- various goods from baked goods to knitted items to handmade items and some other items as well. But this is all to benefit the care of our elder sisters. So, our elder sisters, in order to help bring in income for for themselves too, yeah. This is an activity that they participate in throughout the year in terms of making items such as scarves and hats and other ornaments and whatnot. And it's a way for them to get involved, but then also a way for the people to come and support. And so we love the day because it's a great, fun activity. And so we're looking forward to having a lot of people come and and so we can greet them too. So they can come on in and see our place and then also purchase goods that they can give as gifts. So in purchasing gifts, you're not only buying things for Christmas, but supporting a good cause as well.
0: And I I was uh, on your Facebook page, which y'all are all over the place. I love your Facebook page. And I want to encourage our listeners to go into your Facebook page, which is the Salesian Sisters West. Correct. And that's on Facebook. And uh, I get so much information from where y'all are at, what you're doing. What are you looking forward to on this Christmas boutique, Sister Sydney?
1: Well, the truth is... It's getting to taste test all the cookies we make. (laughs) So (laughs) days before we start making dozens and dozens and dozens of cookies, all kinds of Christmas cookies. And then we have some friends who come from Austin to help us make some pecan pies. So pecan pies, banana bread, zucchini bread, cookies, um, and that stuff always sells out like yeah yeah it it goes fast, so you have to come early if you want to make sure you get some of the good baked goods, um, but it's really great, you know, I don't know if it was probably just the year after Covid when we opened up again, so maybe two years ago uh-huh. we moved. We used to always have all these tables inside in our building, and it was pretty tight in there, yeah. and so finally, two years ago, we moved and put all these tables in the outside the courtyard, courtyard. Yeah. and it's this beautiful space, and so we have that long um, passageway on the outside and then the courtyard. And so it's so nice to just get to be outside and meet people and talk yeah. to people. Um, it's a beautiful day. So we hope that people are able to come. Um, but yeah, like sister said, they, the sisters are working year round making crocheting and knitting. Wow. Um, it's so beautiful to see the time that they put into making these items. And then we have one of our sisters who is, she has a major green thumb. And so she has been taking clippings of different cactus and harvesting them into all these different little pots and decorating the pots and everything. It's nice. so cute. So she's been working for months on getting these cactus ready and different right. plants. So there's all kinds of different things you can come and buy.
0: And that's at the Provincial House on Buena Vista Correct. Street. So I, like I said, I've been there. I, I think it's going to be fantastic. That courtyard is perfect for this event so yes now At the I, event
2: will also have some entertainment going on too so oh good
0: what's that going to look like so
2: starting around 10 30 we have different groups that will be doing entertainment so there'll be some school kids and also some mariachi but usually it's all youth oriented so we get kids from different places where right. we're associated with to come and do performances and it's great so as you shop you could also enjoy some good music too
0: Oh, that is awesome to hear. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of takers and, you know, we're promoting it. And I know on your Facebook page, I saw it on there as well. So uh, looking forward to hearing, you know, how that event goes. So we've got a big announcement and this announcement, I can't wait till y'all announce it because I've heard about it. Y'all told me about it like a month ago and I had to keep this secret. So I did. Good job.
1: Thank you, Gordy. Yes,
0: yes. I tried my best to keep uh, keep this secret and I did. So Sister Bernadette, Tell us the news. What's okay. what is going on? What's so, coming?
2: So actually a few months back we got CTSA, they came out to us. Catholic and they, TV yes, San Catholic Antonio. TV station of San Antonio reached out and said, Sisters, what would you think if we had a TV show oh. that was all about sisters? And we're like, hmm. Let's let's pray about it. Yeah. So <laughs> so we brought it to our leadership yeah. and we said to our leadership and shared with them about the opportunity of collaboration with them. Mm-hmm. And so they said, sounds good. So then we reached back to them and said, okay, sounds good. Now, what are we going to call it? Yeah. And so that actually was a little bit of a, a discernment process in terms of what <laughs> we were going to call it because we're like, well, we need it to really fit what this is. And it's, this is not a reality TV show kind of right. spectacle thing. <clears throat> we really want to show people the beauty of religious life, but then also who we are and what we do. And all the places that we go and the people that we meet and the, that we see, too.
1: So, Sister Sydney, would you like to share the name of our show? <laughs> that was probably the most difficult part. It was coming up with a name. We yeah. had so many possibilities go back and forth. Anyway, we finally had a Holy Spirit inspiration one day, and it just kind of sounded right, like this is it. And it's, the show will be called Joyful Habits. So, Habits. Yeah. We are the joyful habits, <laughs> yeah. but it's also, you know, you, you need to have joyful habits in your life. Like sure. you as just every person needs to have some joyful habits, but we are the living, walking joyful habits. <laughs> so wow. God willing, the yeah. first show will be airing in December on CTSA and if you don't actually get their channel 15 on your TV provider they do have an app and it's online where you'd be able to watch it so we don't have the actual air date once we do we'll definitely be posting that but we are super excited and CTSA has been so good to us and they've come several times to film different things at the provincial house or different events that we have been at Um, so we're looking forward to seeing the first episode ourselves. Maybe we'll have
2: a watch party or something. Yes, you know? I think
1: so. <laughs> I think you have to, and uh, you
0: know that first episode is going to come out in December. Is that what you told That's, me, Sister yes. Bernadette? So, what is uh, what, what is? How do y'all come up with where do you, where do you go to film? I know you had told me y'all were going to the Pearl to do something.
2: <laughs> yes, so one of the filmings we did over at the Pearl and the different places where we go, we just want to have people see some of the variety of our mission and our and our ministries. So going to the parole, we said, you know, let's just go out there and do some praise and worship and, and play some spike ball and just hang out with each other and meet people. Yeah. So that's what we did. And CTSA came and filmed it and it was a great, beautiful time. And, and just that time for adoration and prayer, as we were out there, we, again, people stop and they see, or they hear. Yeah. And it's a way to
1: witness just in the midst of society too. We took some young adults with us because that is something we yeah. do. We, we want to make sure we're not like creating content for this TV show that isn't actually what we do. So going down to the Pearl is something if, at least a few times a year we'll do with some young adults. Um, and then some of the other things we've done is filming at our schools, so St. John Bosco School, nice. and then St. James. We're also present at St. James teaching there. And then they've also come to our provincial house several times, interviewed some of the sisters there. Um, we... Are playing in the volleyball league that the young adults oh. have. Um, so hopefully there'll be some footage sometime for one of the volleyball games. Uh, so we really wanna make sure we're showing like what our life is like and not just pretending like we're doing these things. So did you play volleyball goal. growing up? I did. Well, in high school. Yeah, I played in, in high school. school. Volleyball oh. and basketball.
0: They're gonna, ha- I am basketball. So both of y'all are basketball players as well. Yes.
1: So she's the fast one, and I'm the one who can. <laughs> she's the tall one. <laughs> yeah, you got on our Facebook page. You can check out our slam dunk contest from several months ago, and I saw it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's what
0: I'm saying. Y'all are so active, and at the provincial house, y'all have a basketball rim or court right in the back.
1: Yeah, just one hoop, but yeah. yes, it's because as the Lesian sisters, Saint John Bosco said, "Love what the young love, and they will love what you love." And so part of our charism is it's not like we don't have to be consumers of what the youth are consuming, but we need to know what they're doing and love it. And so part of part of the time I feel really selfish, like I just like to play. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. this isn't hard.
0: We are going to come back and talk more about uh, this beautiful show that you all are going to be having coming up. So we got to take just a quick break, but we'll be back with Sister Bernadette and with Sister Sydney. Hang tight, everybody.
6: This is Life News Radio. I'm Jim Anderson. Another pro-life advocate has been convicted for peaceful protest against partial birth abortion and or the admitted medical abandonment of abortion survivors. 73-year-old Patricia Harlow, charged by federal authorities of FACE Act violation, was convicted in the D.C. courtroom of Judge Colleen Kalar catelli After the judge denied defense evidence, defense attorneys sought to introduce video admissions of D.C. Dr. Cesare Sant'Angelo, who called hospital resuscitations of infant survivors the stupidest thing doctors could have done. Sentencing of Harlow is set for March. The 73-year-old faces imprisonment up to 11 years. Biden White House efforts continue as the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals considers a health and human services suit demanding, ostensibly under Reagan-era MTALA rules, that abortion be mandated as emergency treatment at any U.S. hospital emergency room. This is Life News Radio. Two stories at LifeNews.com show leading doctors coming to strong pro-life conclusions that abortion pills are dangerous and that medical hormone interventions to reverse chemical abortions are simply and entirely safe. In other headlines, abortion-friendly researchers admit Indiana abortions have dropped to near zero. The Vatican is defending rights of unborn children at the UN. Ireland is banning in-law, prayer, and protests at abortion businesses. We now know $62 million was dumped into the 2022 elections by a network of abortion-friendly nonprofits, And the unplanned movie, Scholarship, started by actress Ashley Bratcher, known for her role in that movie, is offering another scholarship to a mom who avoided abortion. The 2019 movie, Unplanned, is still at retailers or by streaming online. For pro-life headlines delivered to your email address daily, sign up at lifenews.com. This has been Life News Radio.
0: And we are back. We're having a great conversation with both Sister Bernadette and Sister Sydney. They're both... um Part of the Salesian Sisters over at St. John Bosco, we just revealed that they are going to have a television program that's going to be coming out on Catholic TV. So we're going to talk more about that. But you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask in the first uh, in the first segment was, um, did you have a devotion to St. John Bosco uh, prior to coming to St. John prior to coming to the Salesian Sisters? And you know, what's your devotion to St. John Bosco uh, like now?
2: So being very honest, I have to say that I knew of St. John Bosco when I was a kid, Uh but I didn't know who St. John Bosco was until I started discerning. So as a kid, there's a high school not too far away from my house, which is called St. John Bosco High School. And we would go to all the football games and my brother went to school there. So I knew of St. John Bosco as being an all boys Catholic high school. But I had no no idea of who St. John Bosco was. And it wasn't until I started looking into a volunteer program that I realized the Salesians of St. John Bosco and what the mission that they had was. And I was like, wow, everything that they, that they do for young people is what I'm doing already, but I was doing it from a secular standpoint. So oh, I wasn't okay. doing it from a religious standpoint. And so when I realized that they have this congregation this Silesian family that actually does this from a religious standpoint. And I was like, wow, if I could take what I'm already doing and bring it into a God-centered mission, that would make things so much better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's, that's really how I met St. John Bosco as the saint before that I had no idea, even though I heard the name, right. but I was oblivious to who he was. And so now as a sister, it's, it was like a perfect fit. It was yeah. everything that I had was already within me was Salesian and what I was brought up in was very much a Salesian type of home right where everyone was welcome we had I I grew up in a large family so there's six kids and so we always had family and friends over at the house all the time so our house was an open home for everyone and it was a place where they felt welcomed it was a place where where family was very important where the faith was lived and so I like I said I already had that heart for young people, I already lived in an environment that was very Salesian. But I didn't know the person of St. John Bosco and the Salesian family at right, the time. Right, right. Like
1: I, I do now. Like
0: you do now? Yeah. <laughs> Sister Sydney?
1: No, I did not know St. John Bosco before entering. Uh-huh. The, the closest I met him. So in 2000, I went to World Youth Day in Rome. And before World Youth Day, we actually started up in Turin in northern Italy. Uh-huh. And that's where he's from. And that's where we have the basilica that he built in honor of Mary Help of Christians, and that's where he's buried. So in 2000, I went to the basilica in Turin, and I saw him, but I had no clue who he was. As I left the church, we were asking each other, is his name Don Bosco or John Bosco?
0: I remember we talked about that. Yeah, explain to us.
1: Yeah, so his name is John Giovanni, John Bosco. But in Italian, you call a priest Don. So father would be Don. So his name was Don Bosco, just means Father Bosco. So that's how we either call him Don Bosco or St. John Bosco. You would never say St. Don Bosco. That just sounds really funny. St. Yeah. Father Bosco? No. So John is his name, and Don just means Father Bosco. So that was my first encounter with St. John Bosco in 2000, but I didn't know who he was. And so when I did my orientation for the volunteer program is when we first I first really learned about his life. Right. And throughout formation, we learned about him. Our co-founder is St. Mary Mozzarello. So yeah. she was doing the same thing, but with women in a village, small village, like a thousand people, just a few right. hours from Turin. And when he met her and the other women working with her, he realized these are the ones who will be the first Salesian sisters. Wow. So all through formation, we learn about them. And then the two summers before we make perpetual vows, we get to go to Italy to do what's called the second novitiate. So we spend a month that first summer outside of Rome in Castel Gandolfo. And the second year, we go up to Turin and Mornese, where St. Mary Mozzarello is from. And it's amazing after pretty much 10 years of learning about their lives to be there and walk in their footsteps. it just everything took on a completely new meaning. And it's just everything came to life. And so now, yeah, like St. John Bosco is a a real person, not just we have a lot of photographs of him. That's what's super cool. We have real photographs. You see what he looks like. We know how tall he was. He was very short. He was only 5'4". But he was strong. He grew up on a farm, so he was a strong man. But he was only 5'4". In all the pictures, they have him standing next to little kids. That way he looks taller. (laughs) Or he's sitting down. He's sitting down, like listening to the confession. He's Uh kneeling, so you don't know how short he is. But yeah, so he's uh, just so, I think what I appreciate the most is just how much of a normal person he was. You know, the saints, sometimes we just look at how holy they were but he was just such a normal person and was so relatable to the kids. They loved him so much. They wanted to be with him because they knew that he understood them and he loved them so much. And so, yeah, he's a great role model for us.
2: And for a lot of kids out there today, he he did grow up in a single family home. His dad passed away when he was Uh. just a little boy. So it was him and his mom and his stepbrothers. And so he, he knew the struggles. And so that's why, especially for him, he wanted to be, a father figure to young boys to help them to become good christians and upright citizens because he as a young person he didn't have that father figure wow. in his life wow
0: and of course you know the school is named after him saint john bosco uh-huh. so i'm sure the kids at saint john bosco know who saint john bosco is right they better <laughs> <laughs> Or at least they're going to learn, right?
2: And an opportunity we have coming up that I almost forgot is that we have a pilgrimage to Italy that we're going to be doing in May. So if any listeners are interested, you can go to our website, SalesianSistersWest.org. And there we have the information about the pilgrimage. It will be a 10-day pilgrimage. We will go in the footsteps of St. John Bosco and St. Mary Mozzarella through that part of northern Italy. And then we'll go down to Rome wow. and have some time in Rome as well, and go to a papal audience, and so it'll be a beautiful experience. And so, really encourage anyone who feels a call to learn more about Silesian spirituality and take a deep dive into it. It will be a fabulous opportunity.
0: What's the cost?
2: It's depending on where you're flying from. Uh-huh. So, the, just the ground only, with all the hotels and the ground transportation and the right. meals and everything, is twenty four or twenty five hundred. Okay. And then, depending on where you're flying out of, that would add another thousand or. A little bit more or you could arrange your own airfare
0: right so y'all are both going to be going right
2: no, oh, I will not. I'll that, be going. Yes. You're going to be
0: going. Okay. So you'll be the host if you I will
2: be the hostess of the mostest. That's
0: awesome, Sister Bernadette. So I want to get back to, you know, if, you, if listeners are just tuning in, the big reveal that we had was your show that's going to be coming up on Catholic TV. And uh, Sister Bernadette, tell us the theme. What's the name of the show? And, and give us a little bit more information because I'm sure everybody's going to be watching this one.
2: Yes, again, it's Joyful Habits.
0: Joyful Habits. I love it. And it
2: should be coming out in December, God willing. We'll see the first episode, and we'll have our watch party, too, for that. And, again, it's looking at the life of the Salesian sisters and our mission and our charism here, especially in the San Antonio area. We have various ministries, not only at our provincial house, but at St. John Bosco School. And St. James School. And then we do a lot out in the community as well. How you're saying you see us everywhere. Yeah. Because we, we do go out, we get out a lot because where the people are, that's where we need to be. We need yeah. to help them. We need to encounter them where they're at to bring them to a deeper relationship with the Lord. And so if we just stay where we're at, they're not going to find us. So we go out a lot to meet them.
0: Well, and I think we were talking about this, Sister Sydney, right before the show, is there are some. Uh, I guess, sisters, but they're they're called nuns because they, they're like, they stay in, they stay in the convent, right? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yes. So consecrated women who are cloistered, who do not leave a convent, they are called nuns. So we are not nuns. Any sisters who are active and leave their convents are called sisters so it's a distinction that not a lot of people know. Our own family members don't really know the difference. They still call us nuns, but we're sisters. So if you want to meet a nun, you have to go to a cloistered convent, and you would speak to them through a, a grill, usually a, a greeting. Yeah, right. Um, and a lot of a lot of those convents are open. You can come and pray with them, join them for their daily mass, but you wouldn't really get to interact with them too much. Right.
0: Well, and uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, you know, I'm kind of jumping back and forth about St. John Bosco was that he was uh, really involved with troubled youth. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yes.
2: Yes. yes. So he did a lot for young people who were very disadvantaged. In, In northern Italy at that time, there was very little hope for young kids who didn't come from affluent backgrounds. So they were more or less second rate citizens. And they were a lot of them were working in sweatshops where they were just struggling to get by. Even St. Right. John Boscombe himself, he didn't have any money, so he had to leave home at a very early age to work. And so he had very hard jobs that he was doing on farms or uh, wherever he could get jobs as a tailor, uh, just so he can have enough money so he can go to the seminary to become a priest. Yeah. And so for these young people, he wanted to help them to receive an education, but then also an education in the faith too. So that way they can, again— be productive citizens, and he knew that not everyone was called to the priesthood or religious life. So, with those who did come, who did feel a calling, that's where the Salesian congregation started. It actually started from the boys who the ah. first people who came to him. So, we're the only congregation for the Salesians where it actually started from the participants. It wasn't, you know, all these priests that came in and made the Salesians. It was right. these young kids, young boys who grew up in the in the Salesians housing where they said yes i want to join you don bosco i want to be a salesian with you wow. and so it was a mission that was for the youth by the youth yeah.
1: and we continue to do that today and so today we have salesian priests and brothers in 123 countries throughout the world oh wow and our sisters are in 97 countries wow. and so in many of those countries we are still very much working with the poor and disadvantaged young people um working with street kids We would have what we call boarding schools. So it's like a family home where maybe they have a mom or dad at home, but the parents can't take care of them. So they come and live with the priests and sisters. So that way they can continue to go to school and hopefully have a better life. A lot of other countries, we still have vocational schools. So they come and learn a trade. Um, So very much working with poor and disadvantaged young people and women for the sisters, specifically helping women to be able to have a better life as well. Gotcha.
2: And then we also have our Salesian cooperators, which is similar to a third order. So for those who do not feel a calling to religious life, but have that heart for the young and our Salesian mission, they can make promises rather than vows, and they can be married, they can be single, whatever uh, state of life they're in. And and then they live their regular life outside. The, right. outside. They're, they're not in a convent or a rectory or anything like that. And so they make promises to live that charism. And so it's a two-year formation process to become a Salesian cooperator. And that's a beautiful gift of the Salesian family that Don Bosco started as well. Because like I said, not everyone was called to the priesthood or to be a brother or a sister. So he said, for those who want to be supporters in our mission and cooperate with us, we will make the Salesian cooperators. And so we have that branch too.
0: What would you say to a young lady that's listening or maybe a mom that's listening that has a daughter that's interested in the Salesian sisters. What would be your sales pitch to them? And you don't need to sell it, but I'm just saying, you know, what would be your advice? What would be your, you know, where's, what should they be thinking? How, how do they, how do you go into formation? What, what frame of mind? And I know y'all talked a lot in the very beginning about, you know, y'all really resisted, but uh, Mm -hmm. within that resistance was that love that God put in your heart. Uh, uh, What would you say to a young lady who's thinking about it?
1: The best thing is come and visit, spend time with us, Mm -hmm. pray with us, have a meal with us, recreation. It's very similar to dating. You're not going to get married until you get to know somebody and you get to know them by building that relationship. So for somebody who is thinking about religious life, One of the best things is to actually you need to go and visit communities. And that is how you're going to know if that is how God created you. Because your vocation is not something you can just invent for yourself. God has already given you your vocation, but now you have to discover what it is and accept it. So come and visit, get to know the sisters, spend time with us, And obviously have a spiritual director spending time in prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, We have opportunities in the summertime that if young women want to come and help us at summer camp, we do a summer camp at St. John Bosco for four, Mm -hmm. well, three weeks. And then we have one in Northern California. It's a sleepaway camp for girls, which is the best place in my opinion to spend the summer. It's Northern California. The high is maybe 75 (laughs) each day. We have a swimming pool. We do archery, arts and crafts, campfires. It's the best. So it's a really great way for young women in to spend time and see what our mission is like yeah. and see if that is what god is calling them to and for well, the parents out there and mm-hmm. for the parents or the people or if you're going to
2: church and you see a young person that maybe has you're going to mass a, a lot and you're like wow, i wonder if maybe they have a calling to the priesthood or religious yeah. life one is pray pray for them pray for them that they could respond to god's call but then two yeah. is encourage them because i think if maybe if somebody had ever encouraged me at a younger spot in my life i might have thought about it
3: yeah yeah.
2: but encourage them and then for the young people out there all those things that sister sydney said are true you know, do yeah do all those like have a deep prayer life a great sacramental life and then at some point take a leap of faith
0: Wow, thank you so much, Sister Bernadette, Sister Sydney. I am so glad that y'all joined us and talked about the Salesian Sisters and Joyful Habits coming up uh, in December. December. Be on the lookout. Go into their Facebook page. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a blessed week. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and God bless you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you.
3: On behalf of San Antonio Coalition for Life, I'd like to give thanks to God for the six babies' lives saved from abortion during the fall 40 Days for Life prayer vigil. Everyone's invited to help continue this life-saving effort by signing up on the 40daysforlife.com slash San Antonio 365 calendar. Sidewalk advocates will be at 2140 Babcock, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 to 5. For more info, please call or text 210-410-9424.
5: Do you feel life is flying past you? Are you desperate for moments of peace and quiet? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series opens hearts to his voice, to the peace you are seeking. The only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, teach me to pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Click the red box. Order Lord, teach me to pray now. Lordteachmetopray.com.
4: This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. The world says husbands and wives have the same or even interchangeable roles. Some fundamentalists say wives should let their husbands decide everything and simply obey. This way of thinking does not reflect the rich, intricate, and beautiful teaching of the Catholic Church on marriage.
3: A true Catholic marriage calls men and women to act in complementarity so they both become who God's calling them to be. Men act as the head and women act as the heart. These are sacred roles which communicate to the world the mystery of Christ's relationship with the Church. Christ
4: sacrificed Himself for the Church and laid down His body for her. That's how husbands are called to love their wives. Wives love their husbands are respecting and allowing them to protect and lead them to holiness. St. Paul sums it up these roles in Ephesians 5. Husbands love your wives and wives respect your husbands.
3: To listen to our new podcast on the roles of husbands and wives, visit our website at MessyFamilyMinute.org.
6: Your 24-hour-a-day source of Catholic inspiration. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. This is KJMA 89.7 FM. Floresville, San Antonio. Also streaming the truth to the world at grnonline.com. It's food for the immortal soul. All day and all night.